Well, let's make our confession tonight. I believe, I believe God wants us to hear this word. And um, my husband asked me if I wanted to share this. And I, I feel like um, this rise and take your journey is a time for where we're at. You know, God will speak to people to rise and, and take your journey. And I believe God's speaking to that to some people. And, and I'm thankful, you know, that, you know, sometimes we just get stuck. But God wants us to get up and move. Last week we talked uh, on Sunday that it was our move. It's, it's your move, you know. And so tonight uh, we're going to have another part of this series. And uh, I believe that if we have ears to hear, everybody say ears to hear. We can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. It doesn't matter what people say. It matters what God is saying. In the day we're living in, especially, we need to hear what God's saying and not what people are saying. Because if you have a race to run, there's always going to be voices on either side of you trying to hold you back. But you have a purpose. Everybody say that. I have a purpose. And you have a destiny, every one of us. And we're not finished until we see Jesus. And so as long as we're here, we're going to complete that race. So let's say our confession together tonight. We'll put it up on the screen, and you can say it along with us. Do you have it back there, Sean? Here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. And um, as we begin tonight, I want you to turn to the book of Luke. We are going to take communion. Um, And, of course, you know, we're in the middle of what would be Holy Week, uh, the time between when uh, the Passover begins and, and the crucifixion of Jesus. And nobody took um, a greater journey than Jesus Christ from the very beginning, from the conception all the way to the cross. And uh, when we think about what we have because of what Jesus did, uh, that's, that's what we get to enjoy because of his journey. Uh, if he hadn't have taken that journey, uh, I think Wanda said that, it, he took a journey by choice. He didn't take a journey because he had to. Uh, it says in Philippians that he came out of heaven and he humbled himself and became just like us. He became a man so that he could die for our sins. But more than that, even to show us how we could live. He came to die, but he really in the process came to show us how to live. And as we live in the way God calls us to live, then we get to see the glory of God because it's all for God's glory. Say it's for God's glory. It's never, it's never us. It's about God's business. And uh, I saw last night, my husband was watching a little of the Godfather and you know, that was a business, the Godfather. Well, we work for the real father and it's, you know, he is the God of all the universe. And so we need to be about his business. So let's look at Luke and and I want to show you uh, in Jesus life. There were many times uh, in the beginning of his life where he was in a position where he revealed who he was. Uh, People didn't see it. Nobody really recognized that he was that person. But he revealed it in ways that if you knew his destiny, everybody say knew his destiny, then you would see that God was getting him ready for the fulfillment of what he ultimately would do. But it was small beginnings. Everybody say small beginnings. God is a God of small beginnings. And so in Luke chapter 2, uh, after Jesus was born, uh, many, 
voices spoke about him and who he would be. And it says in the book of Luke chapter one and two, that Mary pondered all those things in her heart. It says that in two places. There's something about a mom. I believe God wants moms to know and dads. I believe God wants us to know about our children. And so as you listen to this story, think about uh, your life. Think about the lives of the family members that you have in your house, that um, destiny is decided before birth. And just like Jesus, when, when the angels announced Jesus, uh, they, they announced who he was. Uh, when the angel came to Mary, he announced to her who she would carry. When Elizabeth spoke to Mary, she announced that, she, that Jesus was going to be the son of God. So there were all these voices that were speaking about who was coming, but most people weren't listening. Most people were not hearing. There was in the temple when Jesus, uh, the eighth day was taken for circumcision. Uh, Simeon said that he had been waiting on the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting on the Messiah. And he said, and this is him. And a widow in there for many years, an older woman said, this is the Messiah. So there were voices who were confirming who he was in places where Mary heard it, others heard it, but through his life, the people didn't necessarily hear it in the religious world. Everybody say in the religious world. They, they didn't recognize that he was the Savior. And in chapter 2, as he began as a young person, uh, and we're going to look at verses 41 through 50. Um, and you most, most of you might know this story, but it says, His parents went to Jerusalem. Jerusalem being the holy city every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went into Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph, his mother, did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening. Everybody say listening listening to them and asking them questions and all who heard him. Evidently he was giving input. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business. Now it, it says that he was like 12 years old when he was about his father's business. He knew who he was. He, he knew what he would do, but he, his time was spent. Everybody say in the temple, in the temple, he was in the temple a lot through his whole life. And people would see that there was something about him but they never really recognized or understood what he was saying. And it goes on, it says, but they didn't understand this, that statement, which he spoke to them. And then it says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, which was the city where he was born, was subject to them. In other words, lived in their home, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. So I believe Mary knew what 
Jesus was called to do. She went all the way to the cross with him. But in that journey, everybody say, in that journey, many things happened in his life. I mean, he was confronted by the enemy uh, right away after he was baptized when he was a young man in his 30s. The enemy came. It says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Uh, Sometimes, you know, in that destiny, there's a wilderness. There's a time where God sees, I believe, that we can overcome. Everybody say overcome. We cannot go further until we can overcome where we are. And uh, oftentimes in ministry, we've seen through the years, especially in the Bible school in Tulsa, a lot of young people, you know, getting the word so full of the word every day for four hours sitting under the word that by noon they're ready to explode and go somewhere. And eventually we did have a program there that they went out in the afternoons and they actually went places and ministered so that it could give out of what they had taken in and it helped them grow. But some of them, you know, they were just ready to go right then, but they hadn't overcome yet in the place where they were and God promoted them as they overcame. And so Jesus, he asked questions. Everybody say he asked questions. He listened, but he also spoke in that place in the very beginning of his life. And then if you look at um, Luke 4, let's go over to Luke 4 in 16 through 21. After he came out of that wilderness experience with the enemy, it says, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he is in the, he is in the synagogue. He is with all these Jewish people and he announces who he is because he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And it says, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now they're waiting on the Messiah. They're waiting on the one that's going to come to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it says, and he began to say to them today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words, which proceeded out of his mouth. And then they said, everybody say, and then they said, is this not Joseph's son? In other words, well, he can't be that because he's just Joseph's son. Uh, See, your destiny isn't based on what family you came out of. What God has for each one of you here tonight has nothing to do with where you've been, who you've been associated with. It has to do with what God has called you to be. And so in this, in this place, um, he, it goes on and he finally said a man is not accepted. A prophet is not accepted in his own country. What he was saying was, you know, they're, they're going to see me as Joseph's son. They're not going to see me for who God called me to be. And so, you know, all through his life, there were things and times uh, where he revealed who he was, but he was never deterred. Everybody say he was never deterred by man in his purpose. You know, in the book of Mark, I love the story. It's in uh, Mark chapter one, and um, I'm not going to go to it right now, but in the, on the screen, but I just want to tell you the story. He, he, he was just performing all kinds of miracles. And, you know, when, when things like that start happening, the crowds 
start coming and the people start coming. And uh, it says they, he was, all were being healed. He was just miraculous signs and wonders. And, and at the evening time, he went to pray. But when he went to pray, the next morning, they came to get him and said, oh, they're here again. You know, we, you need to come back out and, and heal all these sick people and help all these people. And he said, no, no, I have to be about my purpose. Everybody say my purpose. He said, we need to leave here and go to here. He was never moved by people. He was moved by God. Everybody say moved by God. And so when you, when you, when you think about rise and take your journey, it has to be what the Holy Spirit is speaking on the inside about your destiny. Everybody say your destiny. And you're on a, you're on a journey. And in that journey, there's purposes for every single thing that we face. Um, in Luke 9, and this scripture, I don't know why a couple of years ago, sometimes you just read things in the Bible and, and they begin to make more sense or they just they strike you at that moment, give you a word, give you revelation. And this story um, in Luke 9, it's about Jesus and he's heading to Jerusalem. Uh, his ultimate destination was back to Jerusalem. He had to get to Jerusalem. And, and we're going to look at that right now because sometimes in our journey, uh, we don't get where we're supposed to be. And this is 951 of uh, Luke. Let's read. Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him. Everybody say the time had come. Many times Jesus said, it's not my time. Uh, people would try to get him to do things. He'd say, it's not my time. Sometimes it's not our time. But in this particular incident, instant, instance, it is. And he says, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, in other words, crucified, that he steadfastly set his face. Everybody say steadfastly. Set his face. Yeah, say that again. Set his face. That's the message tonight. Rise and take your journey. You have to set your face. What did he set his face on? He set his face to go to Jerusalem. You know, um, tomorrow, uh, is a time in the church, what they call Monday Thursday. And, uh, it's a night where a lot of churches will take communion and then they'll just go out quietly like Jesus did into the garden. And then of course, you know, Friday we celebrate his death and his resurrection. We celebrate on Sunday because that was God's plan. Everybody say God's plan. But when he set his face, he set his face for death. He set his face for physical death, but spiritually for life. Does that make sense? And so when we take a journey for the Lord, we sometimes the death is in all those things we go through that take all those bumps off of us on our way to what will produce spiritual life, not just for us, but for other people as well. And so it goes on and it says in that, in that scripture, um, let me find it again here. And sent messenger to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him. Why would they not receive him? It says, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And this was the reaction of the disciples. Uh, James and John saw this, and they said, Lord, do you want us to command down fire? from heaven and consume them just like Elijah did. And, but he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. The son of man did not come to destroy lives, but to save them. And he went to another village. I believe that what God is showing us there is when you're on that destiny, 
to situations. There may be situations where people don't receive you, but it's because God is moving you. Everybody say moving you. He's moving you toward your destiny and you can't stop there. You have to stop somewhere else because he went on to another village. And if you study, I mean, he's not going to Calvary right now, but he has already set his face. Everybody say set his face. He has set his face for his destiny. So no matter what he faces, no matter what he comes up against, he knows uh, that, that on purpose, everybody say on purpose, he is going to Calvary. And then uh, I'm just taking you through some scriptures because I think, you know, um, it's interesting if you follow the Bible where you see his journey, how he was moving his life toward his destiny. And that's what God wants all of us to do. In Luke 13, 22, uh, it says, um, uh, and he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. So the whole book of Luke, there's many places. I had not noticed this until I read Luke this time where it talks about his journey to Jerusalem. And uh, I begin to think about that in uh, Pastor Bill's life and my life, uh, just a, a story of our journey a uh, long time ago, back in Tulsa, very beginnings of our walk with God uh, together in ministry. Uh, my husband was in Bible school and uh, we didn't have very much money, uh, but we knew we were supposed to be in Bible school. Some of you might know a little of this story. And um, he was in his first year of Bible school. There were two years of Bible school at that time. Um, actually, he, it was toward probably the middle of that year, of his first year. And he began to to look around. Everybody say, look around. <laughs> you know, we're not supposed to look to the right or the left when we're on this journey or we will be taken by those things that are real. Everybody say they're real. Uh, when you don't have money for food, that's real. Uh, when you have situations, we had some other situations at that time with finances that, uh, from bad choices that were behind us. But God knew we had to overcome those. And so in this process, Pastor Bill decided to make a way where there was no way. And uh, he, he did... He did consult the Lord. He talked to, he, and he talked to people in the Bible school, talked to the head of the Bible school. And the, the head of the Bible school told him, Jesus will have to be more real to you than anything else. What, what I believe he was saying to, to Bill was, you've got to know who you are in this earth and your purpose through Christ. And then once you know that, you're going to be okay. But he wasn't ready. He, he, I mean, he dove right into McDonald's. Now, let me tell you. He drove right in there and wrecked our life for about six months, didn't you? And I'm not saying this to, to, to say my husband didn't take care. He was trying to make the right decision to provide. Everybody say to provide. And he was on this journey. But, but the journey, he, he got his eyes off the journey. And at that moment in his life and in my life, uh, we were believing it was the journey, but we weren't sure it was the journey. Have you ever been there? I mean, you've had some confirmations, but now it's getting really hard. It's getting really difficult to take this journey. And uh, we had we had all the kids, and uh, you know, we it was a very difficult time. Sometimes we didn't have money uh, for food, and at one point, uh, we during his his McDonald's days when he decided to go provide, we got such a place. That uh, we actually, I, I was just driving around town praying, God, where are you? We don't, 
I mean, we don't have anything. We've got kids to feed, and 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 this journey is not going the right way. And we had one car. Every morning I had to be up at 4 or 5 in the morning to take him to work, to get back home, to get the kids, to go to work, to go back, to get him, to take him home, to go back to work. It was like, it was, it was just a crazy time. And, and there was no food. And I, one day, this actually happened to me. I was driving, and I didn't know where I was. And I looked around, and it scared me. I thought, where am I? I have, I have locked up. I don't, I don't know where I am. And somehow, in my thinking, I found my way to the associate pastor's house. His wife, I found my way there. She gave me a pan of, like, lasagna for dinner that night and said, you will make it. You will make it. Just keep going. I thought, well, I'm glad she thinks so. But I was glad to have food. Everybody say, God will give you food. I mean, God gave me that food. We did not have money for that food. Uh, Pastor Bill uh, found some money in a pair of one of his McDonald's outfits. Hallelujah. And that got us through the rest of that week. And very shortly after that, uh, it was early in the morning one morning, he was in there showering, getting ready to go to McDonald's. And um, I was in bed. I woke up because I would have to drive him. And I heard, if he doesn't go back to school now, he will miss my timing for the plan for his life. I thought, well, I hope you can tell him because I can't. How many of you know you can't tell people once they think they know something? You have to let God be the one to tell them about the journey. Everybody say about the journey. You can give advice. You can try to help people. But the journey, they're going to have to take it however it takes them. And we survived that. We, we learned. We grew through that. Our kids still don't think it was the best journey that we could have taken. But we learned through it. Uh, and we grew through it, even though it was difficult. And so out of the shower, he comes and honest, he was white as a ghost. He said, God just spoke to me in the shower. And he said, I have to go back now to VBI or I'll miss my destiny. I thought, well, praise Jesus. There is a God. I'm not going to have to do the McDonald run anymore. (laughs) You know, really? I mean, it was like, yes, we're out of this. Well, that was just the beginning of out of that into the battle again. Everybody say into the battle because nothing had changed. Uh, we didn't save any money at McDonald's. We didn't have any great abundance of finances pouring in at McDonald's, even though that's what, I mean, the checks were bigger, but how many of you know when you're not in the right place, it says in Haggai, you build buildings, you know, and they're not mine and your money goes through your pockets like it's got holes in it. We didn't even know where the money went, but what we, what we had more, we ended up less. And so in that journey, everybody say, in the journey. See, in that journey for God, there are places where, you know, you get off, but God will bring you back. He will bring you back. Now, the, we, the Gethsemane, now, granted, it was certainly not Jesus' Gethsemane that we went through, but it was like a Gethsemane because it was like, God, if there's any way, please get us out of this. Uh, at that point, we, we weren't like so... Um, determined that if, if we're not called to ministry, okay, you know, just let us out. Uh, we'll just stop. It wasn't like we were insisting on our own way. We just, we just wanted to see God be who God said he was and believe that we did hear God. And in that, through that whole circumstance, God revealed himself to my husband 
and to me. And shortly after that, Bill resigned McDonald's, and he went back to VBI. Now, he's already dropped out. He's already like a whole quarter behind and into the next quarter. And so we didn't know how God would fix that. But it turned out that associate pastor asked him if he would direct VBI the second year for him at night, do the night school, and he would let him take all those classes by video so that he could be on time for that second year graduation. And at the end of that second year graduation, he became the assistant director of VBI. And then God made him the director of VBI. And then the process began. But through that whole next year, we still went through some real tough places on that journey. But we had learned, everybody say learned, that you have to stay on the journey. You can't get off the journey. If you get off the journey and try to go do it yourself, it's not a good place to be. And so I believe that Jesus, um, he was committed to the calling that God put on his life. But he was a man. It says he humbled himself and he became a man. And he showed us that even though the journey is a difficult journey, you still come to that place where you have to say, not my will, but your will be done. And in chapter 13, I want us to look at verses 31 through 33. It says, on that very day, some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart from here for Herod wants to kill you. He always had people saying things to him. And he said to them, go tell that fox. Isn't that good? Go tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today, tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, everybody say, nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following For it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. You know, when I was in in, um, Israel a year, will be two years in this summer. And uh, when we came into Jerusalem, I've I've never really seen pictures on television or anything. But uh, we were in a big bus and we came over this hill. And when you come over the hill, there it is the whole city of Jerusalem. And it, I even get chills. It's just, there's something about it. It's like you're there, you're home. You, you're there. And we had the song, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lift up your gates and sing Hosanna. And it was playing on the bus. And it was like, I thought this must be like the rapture. It was so exciting. But, you know, Jerusalem is where it ultimately will end. But Calvary was the ending for Jesus. And uh, we were at these places that it goes on and talks about here, so it becomes real to me. But on that journey, he said, I have to go. I, I have to be on time. Everybody say, on time. I have to be on time. And I have to be in Jerusalem f- to be crucified. I cannot be crucified outside of Jerusalem. And so in verse in, um, in Luke 19, this is just amazing to me. Zechariah prophesied it. But it says in Luke nineteen twenty nine, uh, he says he's coming in, in. This is when he came in in the in the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and he said, "Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever set. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why are you loosing it, thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. Isn't that an amazing? I mean, that is amazing." 
But see, for your destiny, for my destiny, whatever you need, there's a cult. Whatever you need, it's going to be right there when you need it, when you're walking the journey. You got to stay on the journey for it to be there, though. The provision for Pastor Bill and I, I believe with all my heart in VBI, was when he went back and got on the journey. And then things began to change. That thing that came that pushed us off that journey was a temptation. It was like Jesus going into the wilderness and the devil saying, did God really say that? Did God really mean that? You know, all these things that we faced in that six months or four months, I guess it was about four months before we went back. So, you know, that destiny, that destiny that you have, there is provision. Everybody say provision. Zechariah prophesied he will come into the city on a colt. But this is amazing. Go into the village and you will find a colt that no one has ever been on. And you tell them the Lord has need of it. And the Lord has need of all of you. He has need of us to do the things that he's called us to do. Uh, we're going to take communion tonight. And, um, but I, I want to go to, to uh, Luke 22 and look at that scripture. And then we're going we're gonna to have the ushers come. But 2210. This is, he's going in, and I'm going to read verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. So they said to him, where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you. A man will meet you. Out Out of the blue, there's going to be a man carrying Everybody say carrying a pitcher of water, follow him into the house, which he enters. To just, to me, this is like amazing because I, and I've seen God do amazing things, but he, he can move people into your path for your destiny. So wherever you're at in your walk tonight, don't be discouraged thinking, is this all there is? Because this isn't all there is. There's, there's people you know, there's a donkey if that's what you need. There, whatever it is that you need, God has already prepared it. And at the right time, everybody say the right time. At the right time when you hit that place, follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, the person who has the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. I don't know that back there in chapter, when I read earlier, uh, nine, where he he sent some, it says he sent messengers ahead to say he was coming to Jerusalem. I don't know if people arrange things, but I'm telling you this, God arranged the whole thing. God arranged this thing from the very beginning, from the angel appearing to, to Mary to the very end at Calvary. But it was a journey. Everybody say a journey. That's why when you read the word of God, especially the gospels, and you read about Jesus' life, uh, it's an encouraging story in every gospel, told a little bit different by different men, the way they, they saw it and perceived it. We all tell a story a little different. But the bottom line is Jesus set his face from the beginning to do what God called him to do. And his mother went with him at Calvary when this thing ended she was at that cross. You know, it, it's not just maybe us that have to walk the walk. There'll be other people that God will have walked the walk with us. 
But whoever walks the walk has to know God said. Everybody say God said. And so it, when we get to this place of the communion, uh, when Jesus was with his disciples uh, and began to break the bread with them and, and began to, to administer the bread and, and the wine, um, this is where Judas betrays him. Uh, known by God, it was a part of God's plan, but still a very difficult thing. The man that has walked with you now betrays you. But still, everybody say, but still, he set his face. He set his face, and he went to Calvary for you and me. Let's bow our heads.